You're listening to Simply Gospel, a weekly podcast from Euston Church, examining the life and teaching of Jesus. John chapter 3, verse 1 to 21. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, you speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from the Father, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, And people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Well, sorry to start off on a morbid note, but I want you to imagine for a moment that tonight is the night that you're going to die. Imagine everything going dark. And the next thing you know, you're standing before the God who created you. Behind God, you see two doors, one which leads to eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. The other leads to eternal punishment. You suddenly feel overwhelmed by the gravity of what's now happening. Quickly dawns on you that everything in your life that's happened to you seems completely trivial now compared to this day of reckoning. This is it. This is the crucial moment that your whole life has been leading up to. This is what's going to determine what your life is going to be like now for the rest of forever, whether it will be pure joy or pure misery. So your your thoughts frantically run back over your life, all, all the things you've done, all the things you've said, 
all the things you've thought. And then finally, God speaks. And he asks you just one question. Tell me, why should I let you into the kingdom of heaven? I wonder how how confident would you feel if that were to happen to you tonight? What would you say? It might be that if you're honest, you find that a terrifying thought. You don't feel like you're prepared at all for that. Or maybe actually you feel quietly confident because as you look back over your life, you think you've got quite a bit going for you. Well, in John chapters three and four, Jesus wants to address both of those groups of people. But here in chapter three, it's especially the latter, the the quietly self-confident person that he has an incredibly important message for. So if that's you, please hear this. Jesus wants to say to you, that if your answer to the question, why should I let you into heaven, begins with the words, because I. In other words, if your reason is based on what you've done, then you haven't got the slightest hope of making it into heaven. Let's see why that is. You can see that getting into heaven is clearly what this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus is about. It is phrased in a few different ways, to see the kingdom of heaven in verse 3, or to enter the kingdom of God in verse 5, or to have eternal life in verses 15 and 16. Um, All ways of talking about enjoying life with God in right relationship with him, Um, something that starts now in this life and stretches on for all of eternity. Uh, what we think of as heaven. And the key thing Jesus says here is that if we're going to enter God's kingdom, we need to be born again. Uh, You might have heard people use the title born again Christian as a way of referring to a particular type of Christian, often who seems quite keen and enthusiastic. But Jesus says, actually, there's really no other kind of Christian because there's no other way to have a relationship with God than to be born again. It requires a completely fresh start. And that fresh start, Jesus says, is something that everyone needs, that only God can give, and that we can only receive by believing in Jesus. And first of all, it's something that everyone needs. And that's why we're introduced to this man, Nicodemus. Uh, Did you notice what we're told about him? Um, He's not just any old bloke. Um, Verse one, he's a Pharisee, a a ruler of the Jews, a teacher of Israel. Um, Outwardly, this is a very impressive guy. And when you think of God's question, why should I let you into heaven? Well, if we back anybody to give a good enough answer to that, which began with because I, it'd be this guy. He's about the most likely candidate to get into heaven based on his own performance that we could imagine. And yet Jesus, much to his surprise, says there is no way God's letting him in unless something very radical happens. Verse three, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's fair to say Nicodemus is pretty shocked and confused by that statement. I mean, verse four, he asks Jesus how 
anyone can go back into their mother's womb to be born a second time. I don't know if you've ever had to go through an initiation for a club or a society before, but some of them can be pretty grim. And just ask Tom, our student worker at Euston Church, as a former soldier and rugby player, he's got quite a lot of stories of people being made to do things like drink milk until they vomited and things like that. But to Nicodemus, crawling back into the womb sounds like the most disgusting and frankly impossible entry requirements to anything ever. But of course Jesus isn't talking about a physical new birth here. He's talking on a spiritual level. He's talking about needing a completely fresh start with God. That's what he explains in verse 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus is actually referring there to a promise that God made hundreds of years earlier through a prophet called Ezekiel, a promise of a day when he would fix mankind's biggest problem. Um, Not COVID, not poverty, not natural disaster, but the problem of our own hearts. And our biggest problem is that deep down in our hearts, we ignore God and we try to do life without him. That's a problem that every one of us has. It's a problem that Nicodemus had, as impressive as he might have appeared on the outside. Jesus knows what we're all like on the inside. He knows our hearts. He knows there's a big, big problem, a huge barrier to us ever enjoying the relationship with God that we were created for. But see, God had made this promise that one day he would wash our filthy hearts clean. That's why Jesus talks about being born of water. I wonder if you've ever had that feeling, and whether it's been writing an essay or working on a project, or maybe in a relationship, where you've got to the point where you've realised that you've messed things up so badly, you just wish you could start all over again from scratch. And Jesus says, that's what we need with our relationship with God, to wipe the slate clean and be able to start over again. But of course, actually, we need even more than that, don't we? Because unless God changes our hearts, we just muck it up all over again. We need God's help. And that's why Jesus talks in the same verse about being born not just of water, but of the Spirit. And God's promise through Ezekiel was that he'd give us new hearts, hearts led by his Spirit, hearts that want to know him, that want to obey him, that want to have a relationship with him. Do you see, this is it's a really radical fresh start that's needed. It's not something we can do for ourselves. Only God can give us a fresh start this radical. That's kind of apparent from the metaphor Jesus uses, isn't it? Um, In the past, when I've spoken on this passage, I've asked people to raise their hands if they played any role in their own birth. 
um, so far, do you know, no one has put up their hands. And thankfully, I mean, we'd have to have a serious conversation if they did. And we don't give birth to ourselves. And Jesus says it's the same is true with being born again. We can't achieve it ourselves. Uh, he likens it to wind in verse 8, which we don't control. It's like an unseen force. We see it by its effects. But, but we're not in charge of it. Being born again is a work of God. This is actually one of the big things that sets Christianity apart from every other major world religion. And the others are all about self-reform and what we do to make ourselves better people or what we do to become acceptable to God. But Jesus says that's hopeless. We could never reform ourselves enough for God that the problem runs far too deep. And later on in verse 19, he talks about how mankind loves darkness. A bit of a kick up the backside just won't do it. We need a heart transplant. I need a completely new me. And that's something only God can do. See, Christianity is not fundamentally about what I do for God. It's all about what God does for me. And that's why Jesus appeals to us so strongly and so urgently here to believe in him. We all need a fresh start with God. And only God can give us that fresh start. And he promises it only to those who put their trust in Jesus. And John chapter 3, verse 16 is a, a very famous verse of the Bible. And it's famous for good reason, because it sums up so much of the Christian message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Despite the fact that we've all ignored the God who made us, despite how we've treated him with contempt, enjoying all the good things he's made, while barely acknowledging him at all, and whether that's by flatly denying his existence, or by worshipping other gods of our own making instead of him, or by just treating ourselves as if we're the most important beings in the universe. And despite how terribly we've treated God, he loved us so much that he was born into his own creation in the person of Jesus to die in our place for our rebellion. And now he promises that anyone who believes in that saving work that Jesus has done for us will be given a fresh start with him and will certainly be accepted into eternal life in heaven. See, if on that day when we die and God asks us, why should I let you into heaven? Our answer begins with, because I then, like Nicodemus, we have no hope. But if it begins with, 
because Jesus, well, then we have not just hope, but absolute certainty. We're only a few chapters into John's Gospel in this series, and there's many more to go. Uh, We'd love you to keep listening to more of them and to keep investigating Jesus and what he taught. Uh, But it may be that actually already you're convinced by what you've heard so far that Jesus really is who he claimed to be, God on earth, uh, the one who came to make it possible for us to get back to the relationship with God that he made us for and to give us eternal life. And so if you're persuaded that you want Jesus to do that for you, well, here's a short prayer that you could echo back to God for yourself after me. Father God, I know that I haven't treated you as God. Please forgive me. Thank you for sending Jesus to give me a fresh start with you. I believe that he is my Lord and my Saviour. Help me now to follow him and to live in the relationship with you that you made me for. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, then do tell a Christian that you know, or get in touch with us through our website, easternchurch.com. We'd love to help you get started in the new life that God promises is now yours. Well, that was Simply Gospel, a podcast brought to you by Easton Church. If you'd like to hear more about Jesus, you can do that by going to eustonchurch.com and getting in touch with us there.